This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, y'all? It's Aaron and Stanger here. And before we start today's episode, we want to talk to you about a great sponsor we have for the show called Magic Spoon. You guys know we love Magic Spoon. We are so grateful to have them as a sponsor. I mean, Stinger hears me talk ad nauseum about how Magic Spoon made my mornings so much easier and so much yummier. Yeah, um, listen, it's easy to get bummed out when you're trying to watch what you eat, you're trying to eat healthy, mm -hmm. you realize, you know, you got to be consistent, you got to stick with it, you can't be going on and off the program you got to stick with the program. And then you start to get depressed because you're like, well, gosh, can I ever have anything fun anymore? Or do I just have yeah. to, you know, always be eating broccoli florets and chicken <laughs> boiled in spring water? It's just like, what? Yeah. what's fun about this? Like, when can I do something, you know, goofy and crunchy and crispy like that breakfast cereal? I mean, the breakfast cereal, I think you love it as a kid because it's just so frivolous. It's just like, what, what even is this well, confection? It's yummy. Yeah. It's crunchy, it's yummy, it's like, you know, sugary, so it gets your, it gets your brain popping off, your taste buds popping off, and your mom doesn't have to do too many dishes. Yeah, know? so you see why it kind of found its way into our diet. So now, um, and in, you know, into the American culture, so now that can come back for you in a different mm. kind of way. It can come back in a way mm -hmm. that um, scratches all those itches, right? The texture, the crunch, the sweetness, the convenience, um, the fun aspect of it, the irreverent playfulness of it all. But <laughs> it's guilt-free because it's light on sugar and calories, and it's got some legit nutrition in there, some actual protein that you can use. More on protein yes. later this episode. Yes. And I'm talking zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein and only four to five net grams of carbs in each serving. Those are some serious numbers. Serious numbers, guys. It's low carb, keto friendly, gluten free, grain free, soy free, and only 140 calories a serving. So giant punch with the protein, um, but also miraculously low calorie. Yeah. I mean, I, okay. So I love getting the build your own box. Cause I feel like that I get to showcase my creativity and have a lot of fun with what I order. They have the classics. It tastes just like you remember. They have like, you know, you can mix the cocoa and peanut butter. They have frosted, they have fruity, which you can also mix those together. They have the cult faves, the blueberry muffin, maple waffle, honey nut, and the indulgent ones. Cookies and cream, cinnamon roll, which I think is hands down my favorite is cinnamon roll. It's so good. The milk after is so good. Come through, you know? Yep. And listen, guys, you got to mix them. If you ain't mixing, you ain't living. Um, yep. Mix them up, switch them, you know, challenge your flavor profiles, challenge <laughs> societal standards, be a person right. that mixes your cereals. Um, you can get multiple different, um, you know, magic spoon cereal pieces on one spoonful. Uh, you know, you can mm. do, or you, you can mm -hmm. kind of like alternate. You're like, Ooh, I'm just, I'm just dipping into the chocolate now. Now a little peanut butter, now a little bit of both. 
now one, now the other, now a little bit of both. Now two peanut butters, one chocolate, and then just keep playing with all and kinds of different Your kids variety. are walking away from the table, and you're still in there, and you're going back, peanut butter, chocolate, both. Every, no one's left at the table, and you don't even notice because you're in heaven. Right. So join us in this fun. Go to magicspoon.com <laughs> slash dumbbells to grab a custom bundle of cereal and try the magic for yourself. And be sure to use our promo code dumbbells at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, any reason at all, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash dumbbells and use the code dumbbells to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Gown, certified personal trainer, and I draw on my eyebrows. This is Ryan Stanger, certified personal trainer, and I waggle my eyebrows. Well, you have found the Dumbbells, a comedy fitness podcast committed to bringing you inspiration, motivation, and sometimes, hopefully today, information. Hey, Dumbbells, let's get dumb, baby. And I do hope people learn something today. And honestly, if I'm just being like honest, it's just I also hope I learned something too. So hopefully Stanger did his homework. Cuckoo. Uh, he's, he's currently crying silently. <laughs> silently crying. Um, uh, waggle. Is that the right? I feel like you say waggle when it comes to eyebrows as opposed to waggle. What's the difference between wiggle and waggle? I always thought of waggle as a dog. Like, cause wag, I think probably waggle. Waggle waggle? Or like fraggle rock, but waggle rock. If you had like a little speech impediment, that'd be cute. Uh, yeah, it's cute. Can you waggle or wiggle your eyebrows for real? I mean, no, not really. Like some people can do like the like the worm, but with their eyebrows. And some people is can, that the rock? He does one eyebrow up. He can do just one. Some mm. people can really wiggle them quick. You know, like yeah, a real, that's like I a grouch, Groucho Marx thing or something. <laughs> yeah, I can't do that. Yeah. No. I wish I could. I, I I can only go up and down. I can't even like lift one by itself. I, I can't. I can't lift one. I always wanted to. I can only. Um, I can go up and down, but not with any kind of um, vigor or intensity or. or <laughs> just just, reg- just regular. Well, you know, some people can really fire yeah. a minor. I can like. I can move my scalp around though, and kind of. I. Uh, can you really? Oh, gross. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Ew. Sager, stop doing that. <laughs> I did it for moving my ears. I can wiggle my ears, but I can't, I can't wiggle my whole head like you just did. That was insane. I, I kept wanting to get those ears to go, and then, like, uh, I, everything else was moving except them. Eventually, I got them. Wow. Um, <clears throat> I'd love for you to make a video. If anyone ha- has anyone seen this before, have you put this out into the, into the world? About a thousand times. No, wow. no, of course not. What my fucking yeah, of forehead not. moving around. Nobody gives a fucking <laughs> shit. 
I don't know. We have some like stinger heads out there that they would probably love this. <laughs> you got to keep. They've on. asked. They've asked to be called that. I did not just make that up. Uh, I love it. Um, well, shit. Okay, I guess. But today, um, I'm Professor Protein. <laughs> uh, <laughs> God, wow, Professor Protein in the house. Macro month. It's mac. It's macro month. It's the first week of macro month. Our first episode, and we're starting off with the king of the macros. I have to say. I mean, I guess we can kind of put it to a vote at the end of the month and see who wins. Yeah. Uh, I'm hard pressed to think of anybody that's going to beat out protein. Um, and, uh, so yeah, so what we did is, um, we, we split it up. I'm doing protein. I did a, you know, some internet research on protein and we're going nice. to, we're going to lay it out for you guys. And, you know, we're learning too, and we're going to talk about it. And I think I mentioned when we were, when we were doing our kind of prelim episode, people sent a bunch of questions to the email to ask us, uh, ask the dumbbells at gmail.com ask the dumbbells at gmail.com. Um, so if you have questions about macros that you want us to cover or get into this month, keep sending them and we will, we'll go, we'll try to get to all of them. Um, yeah. so people sent stuff in and that's great, but I would say in lieu of making an overall recommendation as to how you should represent all those macronutrients, um, you know, and what percentages, uh, we'll wait till the end to kind of give our thoughts on that. What I will do with protein today is I'll say, hey, this is what the kind of popular, uh, you know, theory is on how much you should get. And this is what these kind of longevity and exercise people say you should get um, in, re- in relation to your body weight. And then, you know, you and I can kind of once we've done all the covering them all, we can say like, OK, so how should this look, you know, in the overall scope of your diet um, just to yeah. kind of give give ourselves a little bit of break because we're going to learn kind of as we go here. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Cause it's kind of like, I'm, I'm wondering, so we, I guess we, we should start all of this by saying that, um, that nothing is a, um, is a one size fits all when it comes to nutrition, especially exercise for yep. sure. Yep. Nutrition, yep. especially everybody's different. If you suffer from any kind of disordered eating and this stuff is triggering for you hearing like, numbers you need to get to or stuff you should avoid or all that kind of stuff. I don't know. We, we won't fault you if you want to skip. Um, that being said, we'll, we'll try to keep it, um, you know, more in line with just, this is, this is the information. This is what it is. This is what people are saying. And then you can kind of make the call, you know, do your own research yeah. too. Um, that being said, um, we'll, we'll give you some, you know, kind of hard facts on what protein is and how you should use it, uh, as well as carbohydrates and fats. And then, um, and then some, you know, maybe opposing viewpoints and theories and stuff too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to add to that? But definitely again, it's not one size fits all. So, you know, if we're saying, Hey, you know, leading science says you should get X amount of protein per pound of body weight, that may be completely wrong for you. It may not feel good at all, and it may not yeah. serve your health and fitness needs by any stretch. So, right. you know, you have to know that kind of going in there. We're just going on what will most likely prove positive on a population of people, not the individual. I think that was very well said. Um, I also, I would say, I just also started that book, Intuitive Eating, 
And so I just want to throw that out there. We can also talk about that. We, I know that we have mentioned talking about that. That can kind of be a, another avenue. But I have just really been curious about the macros. And I kind of was, uh, you know, strong-armed Stanger over here into into this. So if you have, if you're mad at him, don't come to me. It's okay. <laughs> For any reason. Was, just right. Yeah. If you're just mad at him, just talk to me about it. I want, I, yeah, I want, I want it all to be run through Aaron uh, from now on. <laughs> Ask the dumbbells at gmail.com. <laughs> no, but I think, yeah, we're just, we're just wanting to, it's still the dumbbells. We're not, we're still dumb. So we're still just yeah. trying to get, get some info out for everyone. And then you guys can join us in figuring our own shit out. You know what I mean? Um, now I would say, in every aisle of every store, I have been seeing stuff about protein. We like, I think I even did a post about it on our Instagram because there's protein like cookies, which I'm like, is this, is it a, is this okay? There's protein waffles. My husband makes a protein waffle every day. And I'm like, is this, what? can you just have waffles now for protein? So I was, I definitely was like, I want to get to the bottom of what protein, like it's having its time in the sun and I want to know everything. Okay. So you'll probably be, you won't be satisfied by what I'm, what I've been able to pull together for this episode. Crap. Um, Crap. but, but let's just, so let's just start at the beginning. Um, okay. So, uh, Pro- what is protein in, in, yeah. so in the realm of ma- it's a macronutrient and, um, what it does, I mean, I can give you like a, uh, I don't know. Let's, let's get like just the most basic definition of what it is. Um, so I have notes on my phone. I'm going to be pulling them up as we go along and it will be a little clunky and confusing. Um, so The one that I liked is protein is a highly complex substance that is present in all living organisms. Um, (laughs) Thanks. Wow. Uh, Wow. No. Um, Where where is this? I have one here that says amino acids linked by peptide bonds. So I think all of this is a foreign language. Yeah. So I think what we can look at is so, so. it's a macronutrient that's essential for building muscle mass. Um, it's commonly yeah. found in animal products. Um, it's also present in a lot of other sources too, nuts, legumes, um, grains, and even vegetables. Um, and uh, the word comes from the Greek protos, uh, which reflects protein's top shelf status in human nutrition, as reported by Harvard Health. Um, Ooh. And That's so, fun. yeah, so, so macronutrients for, so what you guys need to know about macronutrients is they are nutrients that we need in larger quantities, hence the macro. So that's like the diet, all, all, everybody's diet is going to be built up of, um, comprised of proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. The micronutrients are like the, you know, small vitamins and minerals that are found in those things that we also need. But protein is like it's the building block of all our muscle and so if we're if we're talking about exercise in specific you need to go through what's called muscle protein synthesis and so that's basically where you're building muscle and muscle protein synthesis happens uh when you take in 
um, external forms of protein, right? So you ingest protein and then you also provide some kind of stimulation by way of exercise usually. So in the best way to like kind of ignite or make muscle protein synthesis happen is with mechanical tension. So that's weight training or resistance training. Um, and so I, I listened to this guy, I listened to an interview with this guy and I'll shout him out here because I found him to be, um, uh, well-researched and, um, didn't seem like he had a lot of, uh, uh, ulterior motive out outside of his research. Like he wasn't selling a product or anything. His name is uh, Dr. Stuart Phillips. And um, he is a uh, professor in Canada. And so he's running like this kind of sports nutrition program that they have at a school over there. Um, and he's doing all kinds of research on protein, but he used an analogy of, uh, like a, a brick wall. So if you think about like your, you know, your protein and everything that it does in your body and all the purposes that it serves, as far as like this kind of maintaining structure in your body, you have this brick wall and then all the bricks that comprise that brick wall are made up of different amino acids and protein is, uh, an assortment of 20 amino acids. Nine of those amino acids are essential. So you have to take in those amino acids from food sources. If you get the nine essential ones that you need, your body can make the other 11, um, from that nine, but you got to get nine of them from like a food source. And so what happens with protein synthesis is protein kind of breaks down, the structures break down, and then your body will take, uh, from the pool of protein that you ingest those amino acids, bricks to kind of fill in the wall. Okay. Does that make sense? So we've got a brick and we've got a pool. Yeah. So the food, the food that you take in is creating the pool of amino mm -hmm. acids. And okay. in order for this to really get going, the most important amino acid that you need is leucine. Um, and so that's one of the nine essential amino acids. And it's found in all, all different types of foods. It's not necessarily just an animal protein. So you got to have leucine to get this thing going. And you also have to have some kind of stimulus like mechanical tension um, happening. So even more than the actual protein that you eat, you have to use resistance training to create uh, muscle protein synthesis. So it's, so it's not, it won't just happen by food alone. I think people like overestimate what food can do for them or how much protein they need versus the most important thing is to do resistance training to get this muscle protein synthesis to happen. Um, so, okay. Maybe this is a dumb question, but here, but you know, I, go. I mean, I, okay. <laughs> so, if you are eating protein, eating protein, eating protein, but you're not doing resistance training, does that just kind of mean it's kind of just like dead in the water? Well, yes and no. I mean, so protein, protein is essential for daily life. So there's all, all types of like, um, structural purposes that it serves. I mean, as far as like, okay. like rebuilding and repairing tissue, because even just in your day-to-day -day life, you break down you know, you just have to sit up and moving around and all that kind of stuff. You know, the, there is muscle protein synthesis that happens. It's just, yeah. it's quieted way down if you don't have enough, if you don't have enough activity going or if you're not eating enough protein. Um, okay. So that's like, so the, the right now, like the kind of, they, they call it um, the recommended daily allotment of protein, which is kind of weird because it's like, it seems like that, to me that invokes or that this kind of 
what do you say, infers or implies? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It tells us that that's all we should get as opposed oh, to okay. like the minimum. And the numbers that they're giving you is 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight. Um, and it's, yeah, I think that's really low. It's right? low. It's low. And so like, you're looking at like around, that's looking at like around, you know, 50 grams for most people, 50 grams of protein. Um, and that's, that's just basically like, that's your minimum. That's like your buy-in just to what you need to kind of survive and, and thrive that if you're not active at all, I guess, you know, stay there. But if you're an active person, so first of all, I, that a lot of like longevity people that I follow and this guy, Stuart Phillips, Dr. Stuart Phillips is one of them. He said that like, you should be looking at more in the range of 1.2 grams um, per kilogram of body weight. And if you're an athlete or a trained person, 1.6 to two grams per kilogram. So way up from the 0.8 that is recommended by, you know, basic kind of MDs and just people out there like food pyramid people. So, yeah, I feel like I, I Googled that for a client one time and did the math and was like, Oh yeah. This is what do you even fucking eat? You know, you have like, you have like one pepperoni and that's the end of it. (laughs) Oh God. What a weird day to have just a pepperoni. What's up everybody. You got Aaron and Stanger here and we're interrupting the episode really quick to tell you guys about a great sponsor we have for the show today. Now uh, they're called by optimizers and in talking about by optimizers, Aaron, I want to ask you, Do you know what the number one health problem people from all over the world are facing right now? Do you know what it is? Um, Okay. I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess sleep. Yeah. I think you're, you're absolutely right. In fact, I know you're right. Yes. Honestly, the majority of people are lacking energy throughout the day and lack of energy is a symptom of a problem that's very difficult to gain control over. It's a, it's a symptom uh, of the problem known as lack of sleep. And sleep can affect all kinds of things. It can affect your mood. Um, mm-hmm. And beyond that, hormones. Beyond, yeah, beyond your energy and your, your, your mood, it's your, right, your hormones, weight gain, a lot of other factors that are negatively impacting you. And you might find yourself in that category of not enough sleep. It's very common, like we said, number one problem in the world right now, lack of sleep. Can't sleep wow. at night. You get restless. You're staring at the ceiling. Or you might be somebody that wakes up early in the morning or wakes up in the morning and feels like they don't have enough energy, feel like they didn't get enough sleep the night before. Um, So we we want you guys to try a simple bedtime routine. It should work like a charm, and it's going to help you get your best sleep every single night. Oh, my gosh. That sounds wonderful. What? would that mean like someone's coming to my house and rocking me into bed or something? Uh, Better than that, Aaron. Better what? than better than a, the creepy scenario that you described. <laughs> All it takes what? is a glass of water and the safe and natural magnesium breakthrough capsule thirty minutes before hitting the pillow. Yeah. Wow. Magnesium ba- breakthrough. Yep. Supplement that's put out by our good friends over at Bioptimizer. Um, it has seven essential forms of magnesium included in this full spectrum serving. That's going to help you relax, unwind, turn off your active brain after a long stressful day. So you can rest peacefully and wake up feeling refreshed, vibrant, alert, and ready to tackle the day. 
Wow. Okay. So I need to cancel having the person come over to rock me to sleep because this does sound like a better situation. Yeah. And uh, your allegiance to Craigslist is compelling. <laughs> and uh, I know you often say that no problem can't be solved by Craigslist, but um, you know, I, you don't know who you're going to get. Um, and with bioptimizers and magnesium breakthrough, you're going to get a, um, you're going to get a household name, um, because of its reputation. Uh, just recently, the company has released their fourth upgraded formulation that works even better before. So this is a simple cost-effective, uh, solution that we invite you guys to try if you haven't done so already. Okay. I also heard, um, Maybe you mentioned something about free, free gifts. Yeah. Was that you? Was that you, Stinger? Um, it could have been me or it could have been the, uh, the person sleeping you or uh, rocking you to sleep every night. Um, oh. But yes, <sighs> for a limited time, Bioptimizers, the makers of Magnesium Breakthrough, is offering additional bonus gifts for the next 1,000 customers while supplies last. Wow. Okay, so I've heard that they're including free bottles of their full line of digestive health products, including their powerful digestive enzymes, masszymes, well, that's fun, their patented probiotic P3OM, and their HCL product to alleviate heartburn and acid reflux. So this is really, you're getting all your bases covered. Yep, yep. That means you're getting free products to try that will support your digestive system so you experience less bloating and gas throughout the day. And having an optimized digestive system means energy, um, trying to digest food and absorbing more nutrients from the foods you eat. Okay, you guys. So visit magbreakthrough.com slash dumbbells and use code dumbbells to activate this exclusive limited time offer. This offer is only available at the special access website, magbreakthrough.com slash dumbbells. We also want to talk to you about another excellent sponsor we have for the show today called better help. Uh, dudes, dudes, are you guys taking care of your minds the same way that you're taking care of your bodies? You're listening to the dumbbells. So we know that you're thinking about your fitness. We know that we're, you're thinking about your nutrition um, your body focused, which is great. You should be, you only get one body, but what about that mind? What's going on there? Yeah. You only get one mind two. You don't get more. Okay. Those are, that's those, the science. We're talking a lot of science in this and you get one body, one mind. And you got, you got where Aaron and I are just gonna We're going to flat out say it. You guys, each and every one of our listeners has a beautiful body. You got a beautiful body, mm -hmm. but if you ain't happy, you're not going to have fun in that body. Yeah. And so here you're, you're sitting there in your beautiful body, listening to the show. And if you're unhappy or there's something weighing you down, you got some stress, you don't, you, you, you can't isolate. You don't know what's going on. Uh, you can't enjoy that beautiful body of yours. You can't get out there and, uh, and use it. And yeah. that, that, I also, there's also plenty of ways to support that that healthy brain like freaking learning a new language okay or taking power naps this you could add into your training you know how impressed your trainer is going to be if you said i took a power nap and i learned to say wow uh i could tell you as a certified personal trainer that i'm impressed by that and um 
in addition to all that good stuff, there's also BetterHelp Online Therapy. Mm. Um, so I had to, I had to, I had to work with a th- uh, therapist, licensed professional therapist for uh, my disordered eating, for my compulsive eating. Very helpful for me. Very beneficial. Um, I didn't have access to BetterHelp at the time, and so uh, I. I it was harder for me. It took a lot longer to find the right therapist. Um, I, uh, I had to drive to see said therapist. Um, that was a pain in the ass and, uh, it wasn't cheap y'all. Um, now I had access to better help. Uh, it would have been a lot different story would have been a lot different. What are some of the virtues of better help, Aaron? Yeah. Well, BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video phone and even live chat only therapy sessions. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. Um, it's also much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. So you're not driving from person to person week after week, spending months trying to find somebody. They are going to work for you and help match you with someone. And then guess what? If it doesn't work out with that therapist, BetterHelp's there for you. They're going to keep walking you through this process. I love it. I mean, for me, just, just even getting in and starting regular therapy with the right person, um, you know, doing the old conventional method was like a six month proposition, six months to a year. Yeah. And then, and then however long the therapy took. So I would love a streamlined approach like this, Mm -hmm. uh, asking some questions about me, what I need, and then, you know, matching me with the right person. Um, and I'm just doing it from the comfort of my own home. Yeah, which, hey, that's, uh, if you live, it's also nice because they have access to therapists that if you live in like a small town and don't have a lot of therapist options and you don't want like the one therapist in the town to know all of your stuff, then guess what? BetterHelp can help you find someone in another city or state because it doesn't matter. You're online. So. Yeah. What if if the one therapist in your rural town is your girlfriend's dad? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that would not be ideal, you know? And you're talking about sexual stuff. <laughs> yeah, then you got to say, could you just, you know, really hope that they they are ethical, yeah. you know, and they yeah, keep or their you, lips you going in a, you going in a disguise. <laughs> yeah, like or, or in a disguise situation. That doesn't yeah. seem healthy. Uh, listen, guys, uh, take advantage of BetterHelp Online Therapy. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash dumbbells. That's better, H-E-L-P, dot com slash dumbbells. Is there per pound or is that, do you have that around? I don't have, I don't have it pulled up. I mean, like all of it is, is, um, you know, it's given it to us in the, um, the grams, you know, most of the, um, um, per pound of body weight, but we could figure it out, um, I would say, uh, let's see here. So let's see. Let's say I'm 200 pounds and it's saying that I need point. And then what is that for kilograms? 2.2. Oh, I've never, I've never learned that stinger. <laughs> Do you want me to look it up? I can. Um, it's, isn't it like 2.2 pounds for every one kilogram or something like that? Yeah, 2.2. Yeah, you got it. Okay. So if I'm 200 pounds and we divide that by 2.2, right? 
or 2.2 into 200 pounds. Yeah. It's impossible for me to do this math. <laughs> so I'm about like 91 kilograms. Okay. Right. 91 that's, kilograms. Um, that sounds, sounds right. So then I need, and it's saying that I need 1.6 or 1.8. Yeah. One point. Let's go 1.8. Wait. So 90 kilograms times 1.8. So, right? Is that what it is, right? Yeah. yeah. So 100, it was, yeah. 171 kilograms. So times. Convert it back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, is that saying that you need 171 grams is that what of it, protein? For, so, so for every pound that I weigh, I need one point, or for every kilogram that I weigh, I need 1.6. Yeah, right? So that's 176. That's what I said, right? Yeah, I mean, that's that's high, but you also train hard. Yeah. Because I think that's what you said. It was That was for the train. Yeah, so the, that's the train. Training person. Yeah. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's crazy. So it's up there. And so here's another thing that I found interesting. Also, our math, our math is wrong, wrong and somebody's going to like sure. point us out. And it's, Someone is definitely it's mad at us right now. Terrifying. Um, <laughs> come to me. Come to me. So I'm, I made him do this. Another thing that I found interesting in doing some of this research is that as we age, we lose our ability to effectively, um, uh, effectively complete uh, muscle protein synthesis. Does it gets less efficient? So when you're really yeah. when you're really young, you're good at it. Your 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 body's really good at it. It turns over that protein efficiently, um, and you know you're able to you know kind of keep restocking that wall with bricks. So it's like you're pulling bricks out of the wall because the protein gets corrupted or or folded or whatever, and then you're adding new bricks in like all the time. And so as long as you're like if you're exercising regularly, resistance training, you're eating healthy with a good amount of um, protein. You got a big pool of bricks, so you can pull those bricks out and put new ones in. That's the muscle protein synthesis process that I'm talking about, right? As we age, yeah. it gets, it, you get less good at doing that whole process. So you get shittier bricks in there and you're not as good as, as at putting the new bricks in, um, despite what you eat. And so the way that they recommend combating that is as you age, to up the amount of protein that you're getting. So you put even more in the pool and that tends wow. to kind of help, um, help hedge how shittily your body is handling the protein synthesis. So it's like you need even a bigger pool to kind of keep the process moving along. And they've even found, so I mentioned leucine earlier as being a very important essential amino acid in this whole yeah. muscle protein synthesis process. So they recommend that that in some instances older people so we're talking like 65 old 65 years plus that they supplement with the leucine so 4 to 5 grams or 4.5 grams of leucine with each let me just make sure this is right um let me just make sure yeah so 4 to 5 4.5 grams of leucine supplemented a day um to help kind of invigorate this muscle protein synthesis. So that's a good thing to keep in mind. So if you're in an aging pop, like uh, if you're in the aging kind of population there, all of us will be eventually, um, not only should you up your protein, um, you know, above the 1.2, take it up to 1.5 or whatever is right for you. You can also supplement with the leucine amino acid and, uh, and that'll help kind of 
invigorate this muscle protein synthesis that you need, um, which is kind of cool. And leucine can be taken in a, it can be taken free form. It doesn't need a buffer. You don't have to take a, a special supplement of it, a supplement of it. I guess the issue with leucine is the taste. It's a bitter taste. And so a lot of the supplements that you'll find for it kind of try to, um, pair it with something citrusy to, so it's like a sour to thing. Hide it. Yeah. To hide it a little bit. Um, yeah. but so people ask us a lot about taking branch chain amino acids. You really don't need them. The most important one in the, the BCAAs that they recommend, you know, that's three, it's usually what's in the supplements is, is three of them, three of the essential amino acids. Leucine's the mm-hmm. most important one. Most of us get it if we're eating a relatively high protein diet um, in our diet anyway, and you really don't have to start paying attention into it until you're older and this muscle protein synthesis starts kind of falling apart anyway. Um, that being said, if you feel light on your protein or you're not getting enough protein, you know, maybe something you want to look into, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about the BCAAs as a supplement. I wouldn't be into that. I would just maybe, maybe just do the leucine. Um, and so that's good to know. Yeah. I feel like BCAAs get like, uh, they seem like they stick around cool. like, yeah. Oh, um, Siri wanted to talk more about <laughs> my Siri was like, Hey, She's disgusted by her math. No, but that I, I see, like, I feel like I see BCAA everywhere, everywhere. And you're like, at some point you're like, do I do that? Was that a thing? But does it, I always thought it made you like hype, you know, I thought it made you like your energy level high or something. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I think it's more for recovery. recovery. Um, yeah. And so, Okay. So some other stuff I pulled out, I guess I should, I should, you know, talking in the structure of protein, you know, protein also is, you know, it, it is an energy source too. So the, you know, Mm -hmm. the most, the most viable source of energy is fat and then carbohydrates, simple carbs. You're able to grab onto the quickest and then the complex carbs, but there is, you know, protein, your body can use protein as an energy source. Um, it's about four calories per gram, um, of protein. And, um, and if you're using it, um, you know, for, for weight training, um, and this is a fitness podcast, so why not? Um, a couple of things to think about for years and years, people thought that they, you had a window, right? So they were talking about your Mm -hmm, training window. The most important time to eat protein is, you know, within 30 minutes after a workout. So Mm -hmm. some of the research that I did found that that's not necessarily the case. Like it's not as important as they thought it was. Um, so when it comes to, when it comes to consuming your protein, three things to keep in mind. Um, number one is the amount, you know, how much protein you're getting, right? Got to get the right amount. Number two would be the distribution of it. Um, so that means how, you know, equal distribution. It's number two, not as important as they thought that was either too. So oftentimes people will kind of like back end their protein, like they'll have the most for dinner. Um, and so if you're like an elite athlete or something, or you're training, you know, a, a more even distribution, probably better. Although the, you know, the significance is small. Um, yeah. The most important thing obviously is the amount. And then number three would be, um, the quality of your protein. So that's, you know, how, what, what representation, uh, amino acids, you know, what, what amino acids are represented in there and if they're the essential amino acids. Now, most people know that, um, animal protein is the most bioavailable protein. So it's a very high quality protein. 
Um, so the stuff that you're getting from animals, um, is, you know, is the easiest for your body to put into that brick wall plant protein. Also good though. Not as bad, you know, for, for, for a while there, there was some like, um, judgment on the plant protein and, you know, they're not getting enough. And usually if you eat a variety of plant proteins, you'll be able to, you'll be able to cover what you need from an amino acid standpoint. Um, they all go in the pool there. And like I talked about earlier, that leucine protein is, um, crucial and there's leucine in all kinds of, um, different plant protein sources. Um, so all stuff to kind of keep in mind if you're eating protein for training, which I'm assuming if you're listening to the show, you are, um, Aaron has left to go handle some family business. So it's just you and me dudes. It's just you and me. And so what do I want to talk about next? Um, I guess I can, what I can do is I know we have a lot of, um, vegetarian and vegan listeners. And so the, the challenge is always trying to find, uh, the right amount, the, the like good high quality protein sources for vegans. Um, so that's maybe something I could kind of pull up. Um, okay. So you got a lot of good options for uh, high quality proteins for vegans and vegetarians. Um, where did I pull? Where did I have that? Uh, let's see here. Okay. So, couple of good ones. Um, hemp seeds, hmm. green peas, spirulina, we've talked about before, um, quinoa, um, sprouted grains is going to up your protein, nuts and seeds, nutritional yeast, beans, lentils, and legumes, um, tofu, tempeh, and edamame, that, those are soy protein sources, and even seitan or different um, gluten-derived protein. So if you're having some combination of any of those, you're usually covered. Uh, there's, like, there's good leucine in nuts, so, and also like even in brown rice and stuff like that. So you can usually, like if you pay attention to it, you can get all your protein covered. And the, the stuff that you need to pay attention to is the amount of protein that's in there, like the grams of actual protein in there, and then make sure that you're covering the variety so that you hit all your amino acids. But, um, but there's tons of options, you know, if you're a vegan or vegetarian based to kind of make sure that you're getting enough protein each day. And then also that you're getting all those those nine essential amino acids covered. Um, but not as tricky as they thought. And there's also good food science now too, that, that, um, that helps kind of like, you know, add certain amino acids to protein sources. And then also, you know, homogenize the, you know, the, the proteins in there. And so they're, they're removing some of like the diet, you know, the, the, the non-nutritional fiber and that kind of stuff that, can get away, uh, it get in the way of protein absorption. Also cooking, um, makes the protein more bioavailable. So if you're cooking the green peas, um, and definitely if you're cooking the legumes and beans or sprouting them, um, you can up the protein and then up the protein bioavailability too. Man. Wow. (laughs) Um, uh, what was I going to ask you about that? Oh yeah, the uh, so the uh, like if you're looking at the back of like one of these protein cookies and it says nine grams of protein. Okay, great. 
How do you know, though, about these other guys? The nine little dwarfs. What, what was the... The nine... Well, how many dwarfs were it? There's 20 total, and there's Sleeping nine Beauty? essential ones. And there's seven dwarfs from Sleeping Beauty. Seven dwarfs! Yeah. Dang it. Okay, my bad. Um, the most important okay, so dwarf, nine- Lucini. Uh, <laughs> Lucina? Yeah, Lucina. How nice. Um, I think you could name your next dog Lucina. Think about it. I'd be honored to. Uh, Delphi and Lucina. Um, yeah, I think that's like, I, like when I was doing my nutrition course, I had no idea about these amino acid guys. And then how do you know if you're getting all of them? You usually are. If, if you're eating, like if you're eating, it's just like the variety. Is that kind of just mixing it up? Yeah. I mean, if you're eating animal protein, you're getting them, you know, because they're, they're in the animal protein. They're in it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but what if I'm having my protein cookie? Well, it's, oh, so that's so, I mean, like if you're, if your only protein source is, you know, one of these kind of processed foods, you know, you, you, Mm -hmm. you, you don't know. I mean, you're, you're at the mercy of whatever this, this food, you know, scientist or food chemist put in there. And so a lot of those are like, I I probably like some kind of like weird wheat protein or something too, which isn't the high, which isn't the highest quality protein. You you said the P one, the P protein is the highest because it has P Um, green peas. Well, like P protein that they do in the shakes is a good, yeah, is good, but it's, it's, it's just, it's just another protein source for P protein. Is it like, there's a good amount of protein in peas chickpeas and all those uh, another green peas and then chickpeas as like kind of a bean or legume source, um, Mm -hmm. all that stuff. But there's no one, there's no kind of one perfect protein for vegans or vegetarians. They need a combination of all of them. So, yeah. So I think if they're eating it from, if they're getting it from legumes and beans, um, peas and nuts and seeds, they're probably covered. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, do you want to um, do you want to take a guess as to the if we're looking at animal protein, um, the highest content of uh, protein per gram? Like Ooh, you want to like, like rank them? Like a like a steak? Is that what we're talking about? Or like chicken? Like just turkey, the animals? Whatever. Yeah, ch- yeah, the animal chicken. T- we'll say chicken breast, turkey breast, steak. Egg whites, fish, shrimp. Is egg, is egg whites the highest? That's what you're thinking is the highest? Well, not now after you said it like that. <laughs> and not all not all fish are created equal either. Uh, uh, I guess I would have assumed steak was the highest. That's what I would assume. Okay. Interesting. A second place I would put maybe chicken. And then third place, turkey, and then egg whites. I, egg whites might be higher, but here we go. And then are we using pigs? Yeah. Okay, I'll put pigs last. No, fifth, and then fish last. Okay, so this is based on... <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is based on protein content in 100 grams, okay? Okay, I think I'm going to lose... Um, credibility after you reveal the list <laughs> number one chicken breast 31 Dang. grams of protein per every 100 grams it's 80 percent of the calories are protein 
Wow. Yeah. Okay, I get it. Okay, I get it. So it's the highest protein out of... 100 grams. Out of... Okay. I, mm-hmm, that makes sense. Number two, turkey. 30 grams for every 100 grams. So, And this is what kind of turkey? Turkey breast. Turkey breast? Yeah. Okay. Right below it. Um, right below chicken. Then we got egg whites. Um, okay. And it goes way down on egg whites. Wait, wait, hold on. I love egg whites. Oh, wait, this, I'm sorry. This isn't, this isn't going in order, but we're, we're, we're standing strong at, um, chicken and turkey as being the number one and number two, but this is. Okay. 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 So egg whites are not number three, not number three. No, they're kind of low. Egg whites are kind of low. Egg. Well, there's, I mean, I don't know there. It's like, it's, it is really low calorically too, which is. I think why I like them because you can have a lot of it yeah. for really low calories. Right. So, su- yes, super low calories, uh, 11 grams for every 100 grams, but they're mostly water. They mostly consist of water. Savage. Um, I don't know why that grosses me out to know that. Ew. Let's move. Move on. Moving on. Oh, my God. Barf. Uh, um, okay, so then we've got some fish that are up there pretty high. Tuna. 29 grams for every 100 grams. And let's see what else is high. Tilapia, 26 for every 100. That's good. Yeah. And then it kind of rounds out, you know, cod, pollock. Um, Where does salmon fall? Salmon doesn't rank. <laughs> Shit. It's high, it's high, though. I mean, it's got to be high. I mean, this is just... It might be because its fat content is so high. Oh, okay, probably. Um, what about beef? Yeah. Where's the beef? Where's the Stand beef? Up. It didn't make it? Too high fat? Could be, could be a fat thing. That'll be my episode. Bunch of fat. <laughs> the fat episode? <laughs> Hell yeah. I want to f- I want to see if I can find another metric for um for let's see. Yeah, so so the reason okay, so I might not have been pulling from the best source there because it's 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 going based on how much I think because of the fat content knocked some of our red meat out of there. But here's here's one for every 4 ounces. So turkey wins out um at for every 4 ounces you're looking at 26.7 grams of protein. Um, number two is bison steak for every four ounces, 26.4 grams of protein. Um, I need to get on bison elk steak, 26 grams of protein for every four ounces. Emo steak, emu, which are like the ostrich type. Emo. Yeah. Emo. Emo, the sadder version of the sad (laughs) ostrich. Sad kids. Um, (laughs) 25.3 beef steak. 25. Have you ever had emu? I haven't. I've had ostrich. I, I imagine it would be similar. Ostrich oh, also yeah. on here, 24.7 grams for every four ounces. Wow. Rabbit, 24.7. Um, let's see if there's anything else. Chicken breast. So on this, by this metric, chicken breast coming in at 23.6 grams. 
um, on a four-ounce serving size. Goat steak up there, beef liver up there. So you got your organ meats, Mm -mm. Mm -mm. uh, 23 grams for every four ounces. So I would say maybe ignore the first thing I read and go by that one. (laughs) <laughs> Look, you guys, it's not a, you know, it's not a perfect science here. That's based on, you know, every hundred grams, I guess. I don't know what the hell I was pulling from. Um, <laughs> people are just driving into oncoming. Traffic. I know. People are like, Go what on. the hell is going on here? We're steak. I'm talking about Pollock and stuff. And they're like, what the fuck is going on? I've never even heard of Pollock. What is that? Uh, it's like, isn't it some kind of um, fish, right? It's got to be. I was I, I was thinking of Haddock for a second. I've heard of Haddock, but not Pollock. I mean, he was Pollock, definitely yeah. a, a painter, action painter, um, oh. doing the drip technique. I, well, I was going to say, like, so my husband, Jason, he uh, is a paraplegic, and he we have been dealing with this stupid pressure wound that happened around in December when we were – we had this whole thing happen and he broke his knee and they put his leg in a cast and we set the cast, his heel on the ground for like six days. We did not think about it. And when you can feel your feet, you go, Oh, that's annoying. Let me move my foot. But when you're paralyzed, you don't have that instinct. And so when we took the cast off literally for six days, um, there was like what looked like a really bad bruise on his heel, but it wasn't a bruise. It was a pressure wound. Um, and so that was December. What are we in? August. Mm-hmm. And so he still is dealing with this, like going to the hospital twice a week to have it taken care of. And about a month ago, they were like, hey, how much protein are you getting? Um, and he was like, I have no idea. So then we started our protein journey in this house of like getting a little scale and making sure we always have protein on hand, a little food scale is what I meant. Um, and it all like literally just him taking like active, um, watch over his protein. So then it was like, obviously they wanted him to do a high protein diet for this. And so they, so they were like 115 and beyond. So 115 grams and beyond anything past 115 is, is good. And so he, he has been doing that and above. So he's like going into like the 145s. he wants to really. And so it's like his, like the, uh, it has been like truly, and I'm going to use this word miraculous after he started like t- paying attention to protein. And so it made me really kind of be like, I don't, I don't have a pressure wound to heal, but I, it does like actually repair your body and it is freaking cool. And so I think it was like taking something like actually like that you could see it helping with like outside of a body to realize kind of like the importance that I always like protein and I always have it, but it was nice. It has been really cool, like science experiment, cool to be like, wow, I can actively see a difference in, in like literally four weeks of just this shift and that, and that we did not see in the other, how long, seven months that we were trying to, trying to see these kind of results. So I am like a crazy person now about protein. And I'm kind of, you know, I I haven't done like the math on exactly how many I should get. Um, but maybe I will 
while you're talking next, I'll do the math. Yeah. So, um, so some interesting stuff when we are talking about like, you know, the old, uh, you know, the aging population and, um, something that happens as we age is sarcopenia where you, it's age related atrophy. Um, so just as you age, you hit a certain age, like your forties, maybe even thirties, but forties for sure. Fifties, most definitely you start to lose your lean body mass. Um, and so a lot of these kind of pro, you know, slightly higher protein intake, um, uh, longevity experts or doctors or whatever are saying that if you can build a little bit of a lean tissue reserve, um, that means like where you, you build yourself up while you're young and you're able to do it. Um, and you, you have a good, healthy, uh, muscle protein synthesis, you know, transactions going on in your body, you can help combat some of that sarcopenia that comes with age by having just a little bit more lean tissue going into it. Does that make sense? It's like you kind of like, you know, you stock, you, you buff yourself up a little bit. So as you start to lose it, it's less detrimental because they talk about these, um, these like events that'll happen in your life. Um, you know, injuries, um, that will immobilize you for a time being. And then you'll have atrophy that sets in from lack of use. Um, yeah. And that as you get older in your muscle protein synthesis, isn't as good as it used to be. It's harder and harder to come back from that. So, you know, when kids, if they get an injury and they wear a cast for a while, you can see it, you can see localized atrophy, like their, you know, their leg is visibly smaller from wearing the cast mm-hmm. than when they weren't. And they don't even put those kids in any kind of physical therapy because the kids just resume normal activity and the muscle bounces back like within weeks, you know, but as we get older, you have to start doing yeah. physical therapy and stuff. You've got to like actively try to re-strengthen that area. And then, you know, shit will happen when you get older, you have this like catastrophe, a catabolic catastrophe happen to where you're stuck in bed and you're on bed rest. And so you lose whatever like lean tissue you had before, um, that you're already rapidly losing as you age. And then it gets compounded and exasperated by this injury from lack of, and then the lack of use that sets in, and then it's harder and harder to come back from that. And so they're like, you got to stay on top of your, you know, resistance training, you know, getting that good Mm -hmm. mechanical tension on the muscle and then keeping your protein levels, you know, in that, in that kind of healthy range to maximize muscle protein synthesis. So like as you age, you know, that kind of 1.6, 1.7 up from what it was when you were younger. Um, and then right. if you're active and you're training, you know, even higher than. And another thing that was kind of troubling that I learned was it's harder to um, increase your lean tissue as you age. And, and you hit a certain age, you know, that kind of eighth decade, seventh decade, um, you can't do it. You can maybe increase your strength but you're just straight up, you're straight up not putting on muscle anymore. It's done. So that's God, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, you, again, there's exceptions to all these. We're talking about the population, but, um, yeah, but I'm it, depressed after your last <laughs> <laughs> few minutes. So you got to get, you got to oh get it while they're getting is good. You could definitely get strong. It's not saying that you can't get strong or you're not going to increase yeah. strength, but you know, it's, it's harder and it gets harder and harder as you age to like, you know, put on muscle. Whereas when you're young, it's, you know, you're almost limitless in what you can do, you know, as far as this is truly upsetting. Yeah. I, 
I I just like saw this. I was trying to find it, but uh, like a woman's Instagram who was talking about putting on muscle in her forties, and like putting on visible muscle in her forties, and you know she was just talking about not being afraid of calories, which is a thing like we'll keep probably t- learning and talking about like high calories, high protein, all that kind of stuff, uh, and like being afraid of the scale going up because you know that is can be scary um but it's crazy to think like yeah at that point you're fighting an uphill battle it's like the beginning of the uphill battle but it's still like i i'm 38 i gotta get on this shit i gotta i gotta go stinger i gotta go i gotta get ripped yeah i'm over here on cruise control this is freaking crazy i think it's all you know it's it's making hay while the sun shines and doing all this kind of preparation so that you can you know, not only increase your lifespan, but your health span too, which is another, yeah. you know, it's an, it's another kind of measurement. So not only are you trying to live longer, but you want to make sure that the years that you are living are, are high quality and you're, you're healthy in those years. That's your health span. And so having, you know, a good amount of lean tissue and being able to generate a lot of force, um, helps, you know, it's, it's with your gait, you know, when you can walk and, you know, move so that you're able to, you know, pick up steam and cross the street and, you know, hustle around and all that kind of shit is all, you know, it's all in in how you generate force. And the way that you do that is by having, you know, you know, healthy muscles that are doing the jobs that they should be doing. And so there's certain shit you can kind of do to set yourself up so that it's going to be there for you. And then also as you age, acknowledge that and then make the adjustments that you need to from a nutritional standpoint. And certainly with those macronutrients, of which we're talking about today, protein. And as far as, uh, you know, muscle protein synthesis, again, that's just to put in like the least complex terms, because I, I don't know anything, you know, I'm not smart enough to explain it any differently. That's just your body turning the protein into muscle basically, or, you know, tissue that it needs. Um, so the most important thing for that transaction and that to happen is your resistance training. Um, so that's, that's the mechanical tension. That's, so that's, that's the most crucial factor of that equation. Um, so yeah, you got to make sure that you're moving and you're doing resistance training too. Um, and that's like, that's, that's one of the harder parts of it. Do you have any negative effects to protein stinger? So it's, it's tricky because it starts to get into diminishing returns. Um, so another analogy I read that I kind of liked was uh, like like leucine um, and kind of igniting this whole process happening. That's the that's the real important essential amino acid that we were talking about earlier. So you need the right amount of leucine to get everything going. That's what starts the whole process. But that's just like a dimmer switch. It's not an on off. And so you take a certain amount of leucine or you get a certain amount of leucine in your diet, and then eventually it just hits its limit, and then it stops. It doesn't do anything better for you beyond that. So once it, you know, it's like brighter, brighter, brighter. And then once it hits its limit, then it's stuff. And that's kind of how protein is too. Like it'll, it'll, you know, you can take in a lot of it, but you're thinking, wow, if, if 1.6 is good for me training, maybe I should get three, you know, three grams for every kilogram that I weigh. And it's, it's not going to do anything for you. It won't, it won't necessarily be bad. The excess energy that you don't use will be stored as fat. And then the rest of it, you just essentially pee off like in your urine. Um, 
you know, you just Gross. piss it off. The you know the the more detrimental thing is not just getting enough. Piss it off. You just piss it off, dude. Just, hey yo, you just piss it off. Hey yo, right? you just piss it off. You know. Um. So yeah, I mean, you can you you can definitely like overdo it, and but not not in a dangerous way. It's not going to like damage your kidneys or anything like that. Um. It's just. It's, well, I just read in my book that it does. <laughs> does it say that it damages your kidneys? <laughs> No, I was just, I, I, you know, I have my NASA book here and it was saying, uh, it has negative side effects associated with, and it's, it uses the word chronic use of high protein diet. So I do think this is like the extreme, extreme, yeah. extreme, extreme. Like you said, like the person that's like, Oh, 1.6 is good. Well, how about three? And it's like the doubling it. It just says, um, be, well, I guess I could read this. It says, um, a high protein diet is typically defined as one that consists of more than 35% of total caloric intake from protein or three times the protein RDA for athletes. Chronic consumption of a high protein diet is generally associated with a higher intake of uh, saturated fat and low fiber intake. So that's probably where, yeah. where this comes in. Um, in addition, because the kidneys are required to work harder to eliminate the increased urea produced caution should always be taken when recommending high protein intakes to people with a history of kidney problems such blah, blah, blah. I don't know that those words. Um, so that, so that was one part. And then you need to drink more water was the other part. Um, because protein requires approximately seven times the water for meta, your metabolism than carbohydrates or fats. So you need to up it so that your body can, can keep functioning properly. And that is something we have noticed in our household as well. Um, just like extra sort of like cramping from, um, dehydration and we're drinking the same amount of water, mm. but our protein has gone up. So I'm like, okay, maybe we need to up our water a little bit after reading this. Cause I actually didn't know that about, water and protein. So cool. The more, you know, more, you know, dude. Well, there you go. Yeah. So that's good. Um, yeah. So I guess, you know, just watch your levels. And so in going back to the math of how much protein I needed, that was it, right? Cause we figured it out for my, I didn't need to, I didn't need to adjust it. We figured out what it was based on my weight, right? What, what are you, 176 what do you grams? Do you- Isn't that what it was? I, it was like 171, I 171. think. 171. Um, but in, in this NASA book, it, um, it did say, so in here it says, um, sedentary adult 0.8, which is what we were talking about, um, was that was like on the food pyramid website, um, or 0.4 grams per pound. So that can be, that's the pound pound difference. So maybe, um, and then the strength athletes, 1.2 to 1.7 per kilogram, or 0.5 to 0.8 grams per pound. Okay. So if you're in, you know, America, you're used to pounds, that's um, for strength athletes, grams of protein per pound is 0.5 through 0.8. And then endurance athletes are going to be 0.5 to 0.6. I don't know why 
Less, I don't know why the difference between strength and endurance is there, but less resistance training, maybe yours. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. So what am I? Let's see. So does that work for for the math? If you would, you'd consider yourself a strength athlete. I, is yeah, that true? I think so. But that's still really low, right? Zero point five to zero point eight. I mean, I go on Let's the see. high end. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Let's see. 127 for me. 160 for me. Okay. I mean, that seems high. Like, cause Jason's doctor was telling him 115 and up. So I, I I'm kind of just in like that camp of living my life in that. Cause Jason, and I also weigh about the same, which is hard to admit. <clears throat> I don't know. I shouldn't, I didn't have to. Um, so that's what the NASM, you know, book says versus it's a little less um, so about confusing than the way I explained it. Doing all the other uh, stuff. So no, not the way you, but just having yeah. to change your weight from, kilograms you know, and yeah, all that shit. Yeah. Um, so let's say so. Uh, so about thirty grams of protein. So if we're if we're looking at high protein um, animals animal sources it's roughly about 30 grams of protein for every four ounces, right? Yeah. That's what you were saying was like the chicken breast. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't know. So if you have eight ounces, you're getting 60 grams. I mean that, or 10 ounces. Yeah. Like I had seven ounces of chicken breast at lunch and it was 35, 38.5 grams. Of protein. Okay. At my lunch. So not bad. Yeah. So for, you know, so if you're looking at, and you want to get that up to, you know, for me, like 160 or 170, I mean, that's, that's a little work. That's a lot. (laughs) That's like, Jason is like at, at night when he's like, like I used to, before we did all this shit, like figuring out protein, I would always take the bigger of the proteins, like whatever it was, I was like, I'll eat it. Cause I will. But now Jason has to take the bigger one and I am just sitting watching him. He's like struggling to finish his food. And I'm like, give it up. I want it. <laughs> and sometimes I take it from him. Um, but as long as he gets we even bring the stupid scale to our table because like bone and chicken breast, well, there's a bone in there, so we don't know. Yeah. And so we, we have really, we're really broing out. Sounds at fun. Our house. But is, I mean, come on over, have a great time. Yeah. <laughs> Get that on the scale before you eat it. Okay. <laughs> well, I, you know, it's, it is right now. It feels, it does feel like a little bit like, our bodies are science experiments. So it's, it's fun, but it won't last forever like that. Uh, yeah. And I, you start to, like we've talked about before on the show, you start to become an expert at it and you just figure it out and then you don't need the scale. You can just kind of start to eyeball things and you know, exactly, you know, right. It, right. Except for, I don't know if I will ever trust myself again after the, <laughs> the huge disparity that I found in my own eyeing my food. Uh, cause wow, it was off it was way off, but I feel like, I hope we helped some people with, um, we definitely either help them or confuse them more. Um, yeah. but it's hard we'll not see. to, we'll it's hard out. not to talk about 
protein without the muscle protein synthesis, which I think is... Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. It's kind of, you know, especially in related to fitness, you know, what we're doing here. And so, you know, it has, you know, you think of protein, it's it's not only fuel, but it's also, it's crucial for repair. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, a, a lot of the... Um, a lot of the benefit from that kind of, we talk about, you know, in order for, um, in order to grow muscle, you need some kind of adaptive stimulation. So that's resistance training or mechanical tension. Um, and then you need to, you need the building blocks to repair it afterwards. And so, you know, you have your, your stimuli, which is your exercise. You take in your fuel and, um, the building blocks for repair. That's your protein. And then you have your day, you know, that you rest, um, and all that, those are all crucial parts. And, you know, they talk about like, you know, what food is and even from a gain standpoint, food is only minor. It's really your time in the gym. Um, so if you look at it, like as a big, like, um, like you, 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 you sectionalize it, you know, or cut it into sections and the majority of the, the benefit that you're getting in from a protein, even a metabolism protein standpoint is from the exercise. And then like a thin layer is from, you know, the nutrition, you know, the protein that you're having. And so you just want to make sure that you're hitting the right levels to maximize that muscle protein synthesis. Well, I'm glad you just cleared up the, um, that we don't have to have protein 30 minutes after your workout or it means nothing. Yeah. I'm just glad that that, that came out today. Cause that does, I remember like rushing home from the gym thinking it had to be within 30 you minutes. You got to do a shake or all that kind of shit. Yeah, I know. It yeah. seems, it seems like that's not nearly as important as we thought. Again, I don't know if, if you're yeah. like an elite athlete or you're training for a gold medal. I mean, maybe it, maybe it does something, Yeah, but yeah, it's it's lower in the in the ranking as far as like what's important about protein, and they even say that like yeah. um that the equal distribution would, which is not that important really. It's just kind of like you take it where you can get it, but the equal distribution is is more important than the timing of the protein. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, and then also um you know like uh the the challenge that people have, and especially women they find is that women don't have enough protein, um, in their first meal. Um, that's a weird, like guy thing where guys are pretty good about having protein in their first meal. And then women, as they age, eventually just completely eliminate any protein they have for breakfast. And it is, you know, well, that's, you know, you got to get that magic spoon. You got to get that egg whites in your oatmeal. You got to get that a uh, steak breakfast situation popping off <laughs> steak breakfast. I like to have like, uh, our leftover Turkey meatballs sometimes for breakfast. I mean, those things I'm going crazy come up all the time on the show. Um, I love them. God, they're so fun, but that's an interesting thing too, about like the, you know, socialization and men versus women and boys versus girls is that, you know, guys we've talked about on the show, get to eat for gains. Whereas girls are always in some kind of trying to maintain some kind of calorie deficit, um, because yeah. you know some version of diet thing, and then um, uh, you know, and then that kind of permeates their life, and then informs their old age too. And so it's like they, you know, while it's easier for a guy maybe to make the adjustment and add more protein, and as an older guy, you know, women starting from scratch, you know, when it's it's important for everybody as they age to up their protein. And so if you could start getting some good habits now, and you know, paying attention to that 
that king of the micronutrients or macronutrients protein, um, you know, could be helpful for you. Just keep bringing up age, just and <laughs> and how hard it is for women. <laughs> well, for everybody, but more so for women. But uh, another thing no, that this I, guy, I, Dr. Stuart Phillips, was talking about, there was a study that they did on uh, omega threes. Um, so that's like fish oil, um, and fatty acid. And so they found that women that, um, supplemented with high amounts of omega threes had, uh, less, um, either age related or injury related atrophy, um, than women that didn't. Uh, so supplementing with omega threes, they did like this thing where they did localized atrophy, where they put uh, like people's leg in a brace, let the muscle atrophy a little bit. And, um, so certain women in the study were taking, um, omega threes and other women weren't. And the ones that were taking omega threes had less atrophy. Crazy. Yeah. So that's something that's good to know. Yeah, Something to look into. It feels like you're stepping on my fats, uh, episode singer. (laughs) It was coming for it. Yeah. True. True. (laughs) It was related to. I, I guess what maybe. you were saying, I guess I, a little, little light, a little light there, a little light. Well, thanks singer. This has been really, uh, informative. Um, you know, I would say, listen to this episode at least twice before you send us an email. Um, do you also <laughs> we do, covered our asses, do your own research. <laughs> yeah. Do your research. It's hard. It, like it honestly is really challenging to do, research on fitness and nutrition because there there are so many things that contradict each other um and so many like th- it's just there's not a lot of studies there are some studies there are it's can be confusing so do your research and then let us know let us know how your protein journey goes cuz it really of all of them, I will see say protein does feel like a journey. You think? I like it. Yeah. I've, I've never really had a journey with fats, but I got some stuff to say about them. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, what do you think right now is your favorite of all of them? Of the macros, yeah, and this this uh, this could change as the as the month plays out, as macro month plays out. But what do you think is in the in the running as far as your favorites? Well, I, I mean, my the one I have to stay away from because it just so naturally comes to me is fats. I gravitate to fats. I love fats. Any, I want them all the time, no matter what. And that's the one I have to like really watch because I if I am hungry, I. I go to a fat source. Um, but I, I mean, obviously I love all of them and protein is like you said, that is kind of the King. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be protein. I mean, I, I love that you're trying to like make a case for no fat. protein is the one I wish. Like I keep, I'm like, come on, you can do it. But if, you're, if, you're, over making, there. if you're making a dinner, what are you most excited to eat? The olive oil in the dinner? I'm excited to eat a, a big fatty steak. Yeah, but I mean that's, that's I but want. I mean that's I mean, are you calling that fat or protein then? I'm calling that protein because I because I but that's my problem is that I want the fattiest the of fattiest everything. Protein. Okay. 
Yeah. Okay. So if there's a carb, I want the fatty one. You know, I'm not having okay. a light carb. I'm having a fat one. Right. <laughs> You're looking at everything through fat goggles. I want fat all the time, everywhere. Okay. My, yeah, it's a, it's like chicken or chicken thighs. When you said chicken breast, turkey breast, I was like, I don't even know a turkey had a breast. I mean, it makes sense now that I think back, but it just does not, doesn't even register as an option. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's gotta be protein for me right now as, as far as in the lead, just cause of, um, I just like it. You know, it kind of, it saves me because that's, I'll make that like the biggest part of my meal. And I like that. I can kind of eat a lot of it and get a lot out of it. And yeah. then, you know, I don't know. It, it does a lot for you too. You feel good about it. P, I feel like protein's yeah, also like, got good PR too. You know, like it's, I, I like, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I wish, I wish that that was my, my real just, number one, that, but my like, real number one that, is like, fat. I, but I think that saying that fat in the form, because you like steak or something, I just, it feels flimsy to me. But you know, it feels like that's no. But protein. If I if I had a day of food, just like if I had everything I really liked, and didn't worry about how the macro breakdown went or the caloric breakdown, it would everything would be fat dominant. Oh, okay. Everything. Okay. So it is. Um, but you're not wrong. It would still have a lot of protein, but they, it, it would have like, I would win out. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Like when you're like, Oh, nuts is a great source of protein. I'm like, yeah. Until you're freaking fat after you ate a whole bag of cashews and, and your extra protein I'm using air quotes was stored as fat. Um, so that's just, that's, I have a, that's me. Okay. That makes sense. I was, you know, I'm, I, and thinking about like the bigger picture of macros too, that makes sense because of, you know, uh, the fat content in certain proteins. And so if that's, if that's starting to dominate yeah. the, the performance, then <laughs> you're watching yep. a different show than I am. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Rude. Not you, just how good just nature. Is. It's so good. Yeah. It is. <laughs> it's just all how this is stacked against women and getting old. <laughs> I do. I was going out with this girl one time and, uh, and she was, she was a little older than I was and seemed so, seemed so sophisticated. And it was the first time I ever went to a sushi <laughs> restaurant was with her. And I was like, wow, Ooh. sushi, this is so exciting. It used to be like one of those things you just see in movies or something like a rich person would go to sure. sushi and you're like, <laughs> right. what even is that? Um, and so I was like, I was so excited to try it. And so she ordered for us and got us a bunch of stuff and I was eating it. It was all great trying all the different rolls and, you know, wasn't maybe as adventurous as I ultimately have become and, um, you know, trying everything. But so I was eating the rolls, you know, with the rice and all that stuff. And there was one I kept kind of zeroing in on and I was like, oh man, this one is so good. Like I love, this one is really interesting. Like, mm, I really get sushi with this one. This is so good. And she was like, uh, it's a tempura roll. You like it so much because it's just got a fucking fried piece of shrimp in it. And I was like, oh, yeah. okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, there it is. What yes. is it in this that makes me like it so much? It's just like, I don't fried shrimp in there, you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and then she left you to pay for mm. it. That's a 
tough breakup. <laughs> Each of the taste in this just really appeals to my sophisticated palate. Oh, the fucking, oh God, that's what I want now. Yeah. I want sushi. This place was so good, man, that we went to. It was um the first. Was it in LA? No, it was. I mean, I'm sure there are a million places, you know, in LA that are much better. But at the time, it it was, um, you know, I had never experienced anything like it. It was in Sacramento called McCoonies. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Coonies? McCoonies. Oh, it's like, instead of play on the Goonies? Yes. God. The, okay. No, it was McCoonies. McCoonies. Yeah, yeah. And that was, it was so exciting. Um, well, I'm really, I'm glad that you told me that story. And now I want sushi. Um, and, uh, did this woman didn't end up being my wife. We did not get married. It's not Nancy. Um, I was going to ask. Yeah, that's kind of the end. It's kind of the end of it. It's kind of the end of it. Yeah. Well, she heard your excitement over in tempura and was like, I got to get out of here. So no shame in so. liking tempura, but also, you no, know, hell, I love it. Yeah. Just the fact the, that it was like fancy friend that like know? I was, you know, thinking that I was like, wow, I fully understand sushi now as opposed to just zeroing in on the one cooked thing that had a familiar taste. The one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. It's like, it's truly like how kids get into sushi is, f- you know, fried tempura. Yeah. That's perfect. Um, okay. So professor protein signing off. Um, <laughs> I'm grading myself a C plus, but look, we, you know, we got some information out. Maybe my thoughts weren't quite as organized as I would have liked them to be, but I, I covered everything I wanted to cover. Aaron, I appreciate all your um, insightful questions and uh, mm-hmm. helping me along in this process and uh, rock and roll. <laughs> all right. Well, um, Professor Fats will be in next week. <laughs> and that is what you will call me. Professor Fats. Perfatzer? For, for, what? Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> My brain just shut up. Um, uh, send us your emails. If you have questions, we'll get to them at the end of the month. We'll see if we could cover everyone's questions. Email us at ask the dumbbells at gmail.com. And, uh, on the socials at the dumbbells, check us out. You can send us questions, there, thoughts, concerns, comments, uh, corrections. Uh, we want them all guys. We want any kind of engagement, yep. even if it's negative, um, <laughs> yeah, we're crazy. Yeah, we let the haters pile up, guys. That means that we're being talked <laughs> about, you know. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I hope we have a big listener base that's haters. <laughs> Ooh, cool! Hit us up. Yeah. I mean, don't, I don't, no, God, I mean, do it, but don't. I mean, just any, yeah, any, do. any guess, kind of it. attention is good attention. <laughs> any. Any press is good. I think press. that's what the Michael Jackson dad said, and I don't think that was the right decision. Wait, th- who said that? I thought it was Michael Jackson's dad. Oh, Joe Jackson. Yeah, that was like in any press is good press or whatever. I mean, yeah, Wacko Jacko, you know, and it was a lot of the time that it was his people putting out like he's gonna he's buying the Elephant Man bones. It's all that kind of shit, you know, like. <laughs> That's what, are we striving for that? Okay, yeah. we'll do it. Let's do it. We want uh we want wacko jacko status. <laughs> All right, you got it, Stanger. Uh ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of myself and Aaron McGowan, we are the dumbbells and all wonderful um 
listeners out there, we'd like to remind you guys to train dirty, eat clean, and live in between. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>